Coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for another episode of Tech Talk with your host, Joey Klein. Okay, welcome everyone. Happy Tuesday afternoon. So, uh, you know, we typically don't necessarily do theme shows, but this is very much a theme show. Um, Typically, we just want to have the best operators in the technology world on. But seeing as how, and for those not listening on the air date, um, this is the very beginning of September, seeing as how we are right around the corner from FinTech South, I thought that we would have two players um, in the market who are very involved with this upcoming event, um, as well as just the larger technology community in general. So we are going to be talking to Larry Williams, the president and CEO of Technology Association of Georgia. Hi, Joey. Delighted to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, Larry. And uh, then in a little bit, we're going to be chatting with Andrew Morris, um, head of the FinTech Agenda, also associated with TAG as well. Okay, so if you're listening to the show, um, hopefully you know what TAG is. But Larry, for those uninitiated, what is TAG? TAG is the Technology Association of Georgia. We are an association, a professional association of technologists, and uh, we really help them develop their network, help them build their careers. We help people get connected with the ecosystem. And um, by the way, we're the largest statewide technology association in the country with over 30,000 members. I think that's a point of pride for all Georgians. So the country, and and that is, I think that this is the same way that people probably feel when they learn that Northside Hospital delivers the most babies in the entire country. And they say to themselves, well, I know Atlanta's a big city, it's a big region, but come on, like we're not New York, we're not California, we're not Dallas or Houston. How is, I actually didn't even realize that myself, how is that possible? What do you attribute that to? Well, you know, we've always had a great culture within Atlanta and Georgia about really about people wanting to be connected to the ecosystem, people being committed to each other's success in a very sincere way. So people that really want they want you to succeed because your success leads to their success. And so I think whenever people really think about uh, what it is they can do to help grow this ecosystem, people really engage in Georgia more so than ever, anywhere else. So it's not this, you know, always, you know, competition first, let's put up the barriers or, hey, you go ahead and uh, we'll see what happens. This is a culture where if somebody in the business world sees you walking around with your shoelaces in tied, They'll tell you and even help you get, you know, make sure that uh, that you can be successful. So I think I have a uh, armchair diagnosis for why that is the case. And okay. I, I generally agree with your um, your summary of the type of community that we have here, the type of people that we have here. And my theory is that we are certainly a city, maybe a little bit less so a state as a whole, but definitely a metro Atlanta region. We are a region of transplants. Um, and so if you are a region of transplants, what you have to think about is that you've got a lot of folks that are coming from somewhere else that are establishing themselves, that are looking for new connections that are very much out there, um, and have to have a little bit more of an open mind, have to have a kindness to them. And for those that have made it, you know, they have a sense of pay it forward attitude where they were the newcomer once. And that's just, I think, whether you look in technology, whether you look at the greater business community as well. I just feel like that kind of permeates what, what, what I've seen from specifically the technology community as well. I think that's part of it, but I think it's also part of our Southern culture. I mean, what you observed as far as um, um, newcomers that come here, that's true for every metropolitan area in the country. Uh, there's a lot of transition. And so, but if we think a culture that has developed here, of Southern sensibilities, um, 
making sure that people feel welcome, that has certainly also translated into those people that have become part of it. And one of the things that they like. I'll, I'll give you that too, right? My, my, I'm from here. My wife is from DC. Yeah. And when we moved down here, she, she exclaimed to me one day, she said, so many people opened the door for me. Yeah. And uh, it was this, you know, obviously a very minor gesture, but this revelation of this doesn't happen. No, yeah. it doesn't. And yeah. I've worked all over the country. You know, I've run economic development and, Seattle for the state of Washington. I've been in Miami, North Carolina. So I've seen a lot of this dynamic as well. Yeah. And it's unique here. So, okay, let's let's talk about you personally. So you've been head of TAG since, what, 2016, 2015-ish? Yeah, a little over four years now. Okay. And you just, as you mentioned, you've been in many other major cities. Yeah. So one, why Atlanta? What brought you here? And two, on top of what we just discussed, what specifically about the technology community here do you think is so special? Um. Those are a lot of questions. Let's uh, let's break those down a little bit. Sure. Hey, listen, why Atlanta? Atlanta is one of, you know, it is a global hub for, for technology and for innovation. We've talked about making ourselves a top five state for a long time. We're there. There's no place like um, Atlanta in a lot of ways, especially on the East Coast. Um, so whenever we think about a competitive set, we not only think about places that are known for technology, but we think about ourselves in a competitive set in a, in a global marketplace as well, and folks that are really driving innovation. Um, I really describe Georgia and Atlanta as where technology meets the real world. And what I mean by that is we don't always have the you know coolest new social app coming out or the shiniest new gadget, but we've got more companies that are building technology companies and driving revenue using technology than anywhere else. It's not always the sexiest things, unless you think making money sexy. And then it's the sexiest thing around. And let me, let me just build on that a little bit. Um, we do things, where do we lead? We lead in things like we're going to talk about in a little while, about fintech. And we, um, so fintech is about transaction. Trillions of dollars worth of transactions um, flow through Atlanta. 70% of all debit, credit, and reward card transactions are, are a process through this market. There's no one else. You know, if you got 51% market share, you're, you're number one. If you got 70%, you dominate. We dominate in this field, and we know how. And it's a brand that, you know, not everybody knows. You know, it's Fiserv. It's uh, Global Payments. It's FIS. Mm-hmm. It's these types of companies. We really excel in things like um, cybersecurity. And it's not just that we just popped up and it became popular. We've been doing this from decades, back from network and then Internet security And we followed the iterations of technology to be able to provide cybersecurity solutions. We've done it at the universities. We were the pioneers with the Department of Defense. We were able to commercialize great companies like ISS that then became part of IBM, SecureWorks that became part of Dell, AirWatch, the company that, you know, was proclaimed to put the BlackBerry out of business because it was the first mobile uh, cybersecurity application that the iPhone led onto its platform. People chose to tap on a piece of glass. It's really, you know, driving these things. It's digital. It's telemedicine. It's digital health. It's, um, you know, it's uh, huge infrastructure. All of these things are part of our ecosystem, and that's what drives technology, that we can proclaim this position that is a unique position in technology that we have than anywhere else. Then we got to move on. I would just say, you know, then we think about our traditional brands, our Coca-Cola, our um, Home Depots and others. 
huge technology companies because they use technology to reach their customers and to be able to deliver their products and services, and they do it in an extraordinary way. So, and then trade and logistics, we start to connect those uh, dots, UPS, obviously, Manhattan Associates, but the port of uh, Savannah connected with the largest airport and the cargo and everything as well as the transportation routes that we have. It's a phenomenal place for Georgia, and it comes together in a unique way that we have a very diverse portfolio. And that, you know, and you're in the real estate business, it's important to have a diverse portfolio. So, yeah, it, it, it very much is. And um, obviously, you know, a number of these things overlap with real estate, although we very much try and shy away from that on this show because it is really about technology. Sure. What One only need look at the Atlanta Business Chronicle and over the past year of the number of West Coast companies that have opened up some sort of regional hub here. You, you mentioned a couple of things that I think are on point. Um, when perhaps the uninitiated think of Atlanta, they compare it to, you know, other major markets around the country. Um and maybe not so international markets, but as you said, this we really are a global competing city at this point. I mean, just on this show alone, I've had people who have relocated their business here from Vancouver, from Helsinki, um, from Israel. Yep. Uh, and those are very, very disparate countries on different continents, mm-hmm. uh, all different continents actually. And they, you know, found something in common to love about little old Atlanta here. Yep. Um, and you know, one of the other things that you touched upon, you, you, you've touched upon two things, actually. So you talked about our Southern hospitality, mm-hmm. okay? And I agree with you there. Um, you talked about that we've been doing this for decades, right? You know, we've been sorting humbly sitting, you know, back, just doing the work, right? Maybe we don't have the sexiest Facebook or Twitter, um, but we've been doing the hard work to develop these companies that actually really, truly make an impact. Is there ever a part of you that thinks that maybe we're a little bit too humble and too in the background. And, and is, is because there, there is part of me that when I moved back here from DC and I saw everything that you're describing, I said, all of my friends who are living in, you know, a, a city like a DC or New York, like they don't think I'm, nuts, right? But they just don't necessarily think much of it when I tell them how amazing this is. Are, is our Southern hospitality holding us back from doing the bragging that we really should be doing? Well, certainly. <laughs> I often say that we suffer from our own Southern sensibilities. Yeah. And part of that is it's the old expression of, you know, I'm just a Southern lawyer. I'm about to eat your lunch, but I'm just a Southern lawyer. And in the technology world, we see the same things. We don't, you know, we're too busy, hard at work, making incredible products and services and solving real problems, you know, whether it be the, you know, whether it be in the industries that I just mentioned or how they cross over and really thinking forward. And I think that's it. So if I look at where, uh, where, you know, I mentioned cybersecurity, I mentioned those great brands, you know, and I talked about, you know, AirWatch being the company that put the uh, um, BlackBerry out of business. We now are moving on to this other important part called privacy, and really coming up with technology solutions with one trust that are really leading the way in a global, um, on a global scale to be able to address privacy and, you know, cybersecurity and privacy. They're different, but they're heavily connected. Correct. And so it's always that thinking about that next iteration, looking at what is the next hill that we have to climb over. And we're busy doing that rather than pounding our own chest in a lot sure. of ways. Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll give you that one. Um, and obviously, I think we'd all rather be, uh, you know, 
clearly we are past the place of being noticed. Um, so it's not like this is working to our detriment. I'm just always interested when I, um, when people don't think, give the due that I think is worthy. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, we so, got to keep telling the story. I, I agree. Right. And so you really are one of technology's biggest cheerleaders here in Atlanta. I mean, essentially that kind of is the job title, right? Sure. Um, and so what, is it about technologies that gets you up in the morning? What is the fundamental driving factor that just kind of touches something in you that says, I am going to, this is what I want to do with my life? Sure. Um, I look at technology as tools to innovate. Innovation is what drives economies, and this is what keeps you relevant. That drives job creation. So I've done economic development for almost 30 years, and you know, all over this country mm-hmm. and worked on a global scale, running, you know, foreign offices that were in charge of developing trade relations and foreign direct investment, all of these things that economic development do. Um, and I've seen um, a lot of things that really work, but really at the core of it, it is about innovation. Mm-hmm. So innovation is, it's either what, it's what's going to keep our current businesses competitive and relevant. So job creation job retention, it's going to be what uh, innovation is what creates new businesses. So it's what keeps people coming and then growing that next generation of ingenuity. So let me give you an example. Um, We've got a lot of great examples here in Atlanta. But as I mentioned, I was with the state of Washington. I was in Seattle. Mm -hmm. I was there for 10 years. Nobody recruited Boeing. Nobody recruited Microsoft. Nobody recruited Amazon. Nobody recruited Starbucks. Nobody recruited Expedia. You know, I, nobody recruited Costco. Nobody recruited Nordstrom's. Go down the list. It's that spirit of innovations where that innovation grew up there and they became globally dominant companies. We've got great examples, you know, historic examples like Coca-Cola and Home Depot. Um, we've got other things that are growing up here all of this time in this ecosystem. And the way that it's doing it in a unique way in, in Georgia is, um, is, is what gets me up in the morning. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to be a part of this. I want to be a part of this industry that's looking for that next deal. What is the next challenge? What are the next solutions that we're going to bring? And what are we going to take to the marketplace? And we're going to scale those businesses and they're going to be part of this global innovation hub as well. That's what's exciting to me. Well, you know, Georgia really has been, when we talk about cheerleaders, right? Yeah. And, and who, um, whom is maybe, or who, what entity, what, you know, combined body of people is maybe too humble, maybe not. I would actually say Georgia has somewhat bucked the trend and really has been extremely aggressive um, about making sure that this is an amazing state for companies to move to, whether it's here in Atlanta, whether it's something logistics related that, um, you know, takes into account the port. Um, But, you know, they are really, I think, firing all cylinders in terms of uh, enticements, inducements, economic development, incentives. And I know that TAG is involved heavily with the state when it comes to certain pieces of legislation to make this the best place that can be for uh, technology jobs and development of technology. And I would hope that you can detail some of those um, for those like me before we talked that did not realize that that was a big piece of what TAG does. Well, you're, you're exactly right, Joe. You've got it. I mean, the business climate that we have here. I think we're going on, you know, nine years in a row as being recognized as the best place to do business in the United States by Site Selector magazine. No other state has ever achieved that status in consecutive ways. And it is, it's not, you know, it is about incentives and those are things that 
um, and sent the right types of business. But it's also just having a good business climate sure. as well. So low tax rates for companies, letting companies succeed, letting innovation happen is absolutely important. What we've been working on at TAG over the past time is, you know, we do a lot of what we um, focus is on workforce. Because really, a talent is really at the core of job development right now. You know, yesteryear, it used to be more about the inputs. You know, what's the cost of real estate? What's the cost of land? What's the cost of energy? Today and age, it's all about the workforce. Do you have the talent I need to be able to run and grow my business? And, um, and people will move to where the talent is. And we're finding that here. We have huge amounts of talent. You know, we all know about Georgia Tech and our great university system. They'll continue to be, you know, a great, you know, in some way hidden gem. Uh, that's a part of it. But we also look at preparing the workforce of the future. So uh, this past year, uh, we worked very closely with the state legislature in helping to um, make sure that computer programming is going to be taught in every high school in Georgia, every public high school in Georgia by 2025. We've also worked, um, you know, a couple years ago that made computer programming in high school an equivalency to foreign language. So you can talk to something that you might actually get a job in and um, have a skill that can uh, be based um, um, right out of high school and being able to develop those skills that are, that are forward thinking. Um, we've been working with the state legislature uh, last year on passing some legislation for rural broadband and expanding that. Um, so making sure that people have high speed connectivity. You know, listen, that's how we're all connected today in many, many different ways. And it's always been important. So if we think about connectivity from a point of view of um, not only how we interact socially now, but it's also how we um, um, connect to our businesses. It's how we're connecting to our education. And it's also a big part of how we're connecting to healthcare. So it's extremely important that we continue to work on these things. Um, we're working to keep our, our small and medium-sized uh, businesses still able to connect to um, great markets like with the Department of Defense. And so part of that is a cyber maturity model that actually provides them with a certification so that they can um, provide and continue to provide services for procurement um, to the federal government and especially uh, specifically to the Department of Defense. So all of these things are extremely important for us. I'm going to, since you talked about policy, I should also, you know, I don't remember if we talked about this, but about four years ago, we started another company called the National Technology Security Coalition. And that is a national model of uh, CISOs, Chief Information Security Officers, for major corporations around the country that advocate to the federal government about important things like data breach notification, cybersecurity laws, private sector perspectives on how do we keep our country safe and secure when it comes to cybersecurity. So great Georgia brands, NCR, Aflac, um, Synovus, all part of this and many others. But, you know, J.P. Morgan Chase is a part of this group. Microsoft is a part of this group. Um, Johnson & Johnson but it's headquartered and it's based right out of Atlanta, Georgia. And I'll just give you an anecdote. I was up in D.C. and we were talking to, to the director of the um, uh, at the Department of Human uh, D- um, Department of Homeland Security. On um, he's in charge of the Cyber and Infrastructure Security Agency. And he we, he came down to Atlanta. We were telling him about NTSC, and he said, "Why aren't you in D.C.? Why aren't you on K Street?" We explained it, and he listened. He came back a year later. He said, it makes every sense in the world 
that you're here connected to the business community and you're not part of the inside the beltway culture yep. and we're actually driving it and he want and so we're working and we just passed legislation in the house and it's in the senate now about creating a private sector advisory group for the federal government on cybersecurity and that's all going to be coming right out of Atlanta, Georgia. So it's just very important. No, that that's amazing. And um, uh, look, it's like, why would you be on K Street, right? So who, who, do, who, do, who, do, who do you want to interact with? A bunch of lobbyists or the actual organizations that are um, going to be developing technology that can actually make an impact, you know? Um, so I am, we, we talked a little bit, you talked about cybersecurity. Yep. We talked about, we touched on privacy earlier, you know, specifically with your example of OneTrust that was, you know, recently the number one company on the Inc. 5000 right here. That's in right. Atlanta, actually right here in uh, the three building complex that we're taping this in. <laughs> You're exactly right. Number uh, one. Yeah. Uh, and so in, when you look to the future, when you see what companies are truly disrupting, um, technologies um, that have maybe been static in the past. When we talk about security, we talk about privacy. Is this really where you think the next set of amazing companies in this city is going to be born? Is this where you think all, not all, a, a large amount of effort needs to be put behind developing technology that is really never been more important? You know, to get the crystal ball out, you know, where where is it going and where are we trying? Another area that we're very strong in in Georgia is data science and analytics. And that is the backbone for everything that we're talking about. And if we think about the future of where it's going, as we really do think about next steps of artificial intelligence, machine learning, how that's going to affect us, robotics, which is all about um, the data and the science that comes behind it. Those are all great things where we're going to see great things coming out of Georgia. So it is going to be that combination of the cyber world, the data, the analytics, how this really goes in. And it's going to expand into a lot of areas. It's going to expand into areas that I've already mentioned. It's going to get into smart cities. It's about how do we really improve the lives of our residents and our citizens across our state and really across the country and around the world. That's the influence that we're going to be having and you're going to see it not only coming out of our universities and institutions of higher learning, but you're going to see it coming out of the private sector with not only new companies that come up, but a lot of our established companies that come out. So 3D printing, how that's going to disrupt manufacturing. Um, all of these things with supply chain, how we get there. Um, a lot of the testing that goes on with drones, um, whether it be um, you know autonomous vehicles on the ground or aerial vehicles. All of this is starting to come together in a very unique way, and Georgia's leading the way. And I got to give a shout out to the Lieutenant Governor. Uh, Lieutenant Governor has recently stood up something called um, Partnership for uh, Inclusive Innovation. And it really is about establishing Georgia as the technology state of the East Coast. And um, important part, global part, I'm pleased to be a part of it um, and on his advisory board. Um, that's really going to help make sure that we keep the policies in place and drive initiatives um, that are going to keep us at the head of the game in innovation and workforce and in talent. So exciting times. That That is fantastic. And it really is nice to hear it straight from the source that our business community and our um, political community is working together um, in this really important arena. It is. Okay. So um, we're going to switch gears a little bit and chat uh, specifically about events and about FinTech South. And so to help us lead that part of the conversation, we've got Andrew here. How are you doing, Andrew? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Okay. So, Andrew, your background 
really, you know, at, at the heart of it, you're a content guy, you're a marketing guy. Um, and you, you really have a passion around events. If you could give us just a little bit of a glimpse of uh, where your passion lies, what you're involved in these days, and what you want people to know about FinTech South this year. Well, absolutely. So I'll start this by saying I'm more of a FinTech guy than I am a content and marketing guy. Okay. So I've been uh, in the city of Atlanta for over 20 years now and a part of the, the FinTech community here. And what's interesting about that is that, that it is a FinTech community. That um, even though this is a you know global city with millions of people and Fortune 500s based here, there's a sense of grassroots and support and uh, community around fintech in this city. And uh, Larry's organization Tag has a lot to do with that. That's a very active fintech society within Tag. And so I, I had a career in fintech. I worked at a bank. I helped to build a, an internet capability for Prudential Bank here in Atlanta. I was a consultant in the payments industry for many years. And then, as you mentioned, events. So I came across an event called Money 2020 in its very first year, 2012. It was in uh, Las Vegas, uh, a payments industry event talking about the digital transformation of payments. And I attended that event. I thought it was fantastic. I said, this is great. I should speak here next year if I can. So I ended up moderating a panel at the event the next year and met the co-founders and built a relationship with them and joined their company and led Money 2020 as the chief content officer for about five years as we grew that from an event that was 2,000 people in its first year in one location in in Las Vegas to 10 or 11,000 in Las Vegas, another event in Singapore, another event in Amsterdam, and did all of that while being a part of the community here in Atlanta. And to give an idea of how strong fintech is in our state, when you looked at the attendees at Money 2020, the most of them, the highest number came from California. Number two was New York. But just behind New York was Georgia. And if you think about the populations of those states, and then in comparison, Georgia representing, and you know, were, we could have filled several charter Delta planes on our way to Las Vegas probably should have charted them. It might have been cheaper, but uh, so it was really interesting to see that. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and for for those for those listening who uh, who actually want to know, because I do know this, Georgia is eighth in population in the country. Uh, California one, and New York I think is three, right? So that yeah. that obviously says. Right. I mean, this really goes hand in hand with you know what Larry and I discussed in terms of how we just so punch above our weight. Um, you know, to be in that same category as number three, that, that is truly incredible. Sure. And, and look, that's, I think that speaks to the fintech community here. It also, of course, speaks to you know, the great event that your organization put on. Um, I like to kind of dig deep into people's motivations for doing what they do. And right. I think a lot of people find events stressful um, when charged with even just organizing some single component of the event, it can be very stressful. The coordination, um, the timing, the being on call, sort of being the center there. Um, you seem to thrive under that environment. And I'm curious what, what you think it is about you that just really, really digs that. I'm actually just a glutton for punishment is really <laughs> the reason. No, there is a lot of stress, obviously. It's a very complex undertaking. There's a deadline to it. But that's not unlike many other projects that people deal with in their, in their professional lives. The, di- the difference is sort of the payoff of the actual event. 
Uh, when we were planning Money 2020, the same thing for FinTech South, which we'll talk about in a bit. The team working on it, it's almost like you won the Super Bowl. Pop the champagne when that happens. And then you can see the impact of it. The, the communities you bring together, the relationships you help form. We were seeing companies launched and partnerships developed and you know careers progressed all at the community of our event. And that's, I think, what excites, excites me about it. And in addition to all the relationships that I've made over the years, the creativity of putting it all together and making all the parts work. Um, but um, but that, I, think, I think that's the best analogy is sort of being a part of a sports team and getting that payoff of winning the big game at the end. I, I, I can get that, right? I think, you know, you can apply this to any business situation. Usually the win, whatever the win is, a new product, a, you know, a big sale, there's a lot of heartache and stress um, that goes into that effort um, and the feeling at the end of it, you know, is the high you feel is generally commensurate to how low it was going through it. Right. Oh, I, I get that. Um, let's talk about fintech specifically, yeah. excuse me, fintech South specifically. Sure. Okay. So, you know, you helped grow money 2020 for a while. Right. Um, and now, you know, you're really putting your weight behind fintech South. Absolutely. Okay? For the uninitiated listening to this, what is fintech South? Um, and hopefully the name should be somewhat self-explanatory, yeah. but give a little detail on how long the organization's, uh, an event has been running for right. what the goal is and the scope of what the event looks like this year. So this absolutely. So the story of FinTech South is an event that became an event about pulling our community together and has evolved to still be about pulling our community together, but also hosting the world. So we started with something called the Tag FinTech Symposium. We would meet, there'd be three or 400 people every year. It was terrific. It was a great opportunity to bring FinTech leaders in Georgia you know, to one event every year. Larry had the vision to say, well, you know what? There's some momentum in our city. Well, let's go big. And so we went from the hotel ballroom to Mercedes-Benz Stadium. So that, that, that's going big. Yeah. And, uh, and the reason is it's such a creative venue. We could use the, the football field for networking and keynotes, these great lounges that surround the field for, for content. So the last two years, we've hosted FinTechs out at Mercedes-Benz. We had about 1,500 attendees there. This year, with everything going on in the world uh, related to, to COVID-19, and, and we had to make some decisions about how, what to do, and we actually seized the opportunity in a very big way. We postponed the event. We're having it October the 5th through the 9th, so just a little over a month away, and it will end up being the, one of the larger uh, you know, world-class virtual fintech summits that are happening uh, the second half of this year. We'll have more attendees because now we can reach people even if they're sitting somewhere else in the world, even without traveling to Atlanta. And we'll take advantage of that. But 2,500 attendees, uh, maybe more. We'll see how it goes. Um, 250 speakers, over 60 hours of content on all things FinTech across 12 different deep dive tracks, payments, banking, blockchain, AI, you name it. Um, Some very... Uh, prominent uh, leaders in the Georgia ecosystem speaking on our stages, but also uh, founders and CEOs and senior leaders from companies all over the world. And it's it's not just viewing the content. This is an opportunity to actually 
interact with others who are attending through the platform that we were using for the event. You can network with people. You can be connected with them. You can chat. You can set up a video call. There's a whole virtual expo hall of companies exhibiting where you can go check out those companies and interact with their teams. So that's what FinTech South is about, and we're just a month away. So, I mean, this had to be such a pivot from the way that you traditionally do business. You know, we've, we've seen, I'm sure all of us have been invited to virtual networking and happy hours and things like that. And typically it's a bunch of people talking over each other on, um, you know, a screen with, you know, 15 tiles on it. And so obviously I have no doubt that what you guys are doing is far more professional thought out and will actually be effective. But, um, I am curious how you changed your thinking. I imagine there was probably a time where you thought to yourself, Oh, well this is in the fall. We'll be fine. And then we got to a point where you said, Nope. I think we need to do something different. And that probably happened in a very short period of time, a very stressful one, I would imagine. Um, so how do you change years of doing events the same way um, to something completely different that is still going to be really effective for thousands of people? Well, it's, a, it's a great question. So when I left Money 2020 last year, I started a consultancy called the FinTech Agenda. And the idea is that I would work with event producers and companies that are hosting events. I use the experience that, that I had to help them with speakers and content and so forth. And in my own business, early this year, I realized, okay, this is going to be a bit different of a year. I'm not going to be traveling in airplanes. I'm going to need to do things differently. So I began to study all of the platforms and tools that are required to make virtual events successful. So there is the idea of how do you produce the, the video content to make it look great. How do you get people to interact? What are the platforms to do that? Um, where you, there's a lot of different tools out there. We're using a platform called Brella for FinTech South. And Brella is a, is a company in Finland, actually, which is sort of interesting. In virtual world, you can work with people all over the world to produce your event. Yeah. They don't even have to come to Atlanta to make that happen. So, uh, and we chose Brella because it uses AI to help people connect. And we'll have everyone who will register and attend uh, FinTech South have a chance to fill out a little profile about what they're interested in. Uh, Not only what they're interested in, but what their intent is related to that. So we can give you examples. So I'm interested in blockchain um, because I'm selling a solution. Or I'm interested in artificial intelligence because I'm looking for a job in that area, right? So we'll match, you know, job seekers with employers, investors with founders, buyers with sellers. And then when you go into the platform, you can click the tab that says people, and you'll see all the thousands of people that are there. Uh, And you can reach out to anyone and chat, direct message them, and and ask to schedule a meeting. But the list will be sorted for you, so the ones that are the best match are at the top. That okay, so so that is actually extremely interesting and solves what I the the issue that I think a lot of us have with big events. Um, I'm going to take my own experience. I am very much, I'm somewhat of an introvert in large crowds and an extrovert in small crowds. Right? You give me one or two people and I can talk forever. You give me a sea of people and I don't really know where to begin. It's it's the problem that I think we all have when we are presented with too many choices. Uh, a lot of us sort of freeze up and we say, well, you know, you almost have the FOMO, right? You know, it's like, well, 
what if, what am I missing out if I talk to this person? You know, what about all these other three people over there? And a lot of times, you know, you kind of, you're going and you're sort of peering at someone's badge, trying to figure out who they are. And it makes, I think for many people, somewhat of an awkward experience, probably not you because you are a expert at events. Um, but in this environment, you are able to target the type of people that you want to and do it That's in right. what seems like a much less awkward uh, manner. Well, it's interesting. So we, you know, we've been having a lot of conversations with all the companies that have been so great to support us over the last few years with FinTech South. And, we're ha- and they're, they're struggling with the same thing. Okay, wait a minute. It's virtual. How does that work? How do I get my value? And so we've talked it through. And one of their big concerns is... Um, you know, how will that networking work? And they say, well, wait a minute, though. When I go to the conference, I get to talk to all these people in the lunch line and to serendipity. But, you know, I think we've all had the experience of you have those conversations and you meet a nice person, but it doesn't advance your business, no. right? You, do, you've do, had, do you ever close a deal off uh, the lunch line? Right, yeah, right. right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sometimes it works out and it can be magical when it does, but, the, but all too more often... You've just talked to Bob, and Bob's a great guy, but Bob has nothing in common with you in terms of doing a deal. And so this does allow you to have all of those connections you make be the right connections and to be efficient about it, be smart about it, and to be able to do it you know, in the comfort of your office or home uh, throughout the week. And you can take the you – know, our uh, content's going all day, all, you know, all week. So people will, will mix – some work time, some fintech south time, some time to network throughout their week, and uh, and you can be very efficient with it. Um, there are some things obviously that you don't experience from physical events, and so we look forward to next year, hopefully, when when the world makes it safer for us to get back together for uh, an in person fintech south. But you'll see events start to combine the digital experience with the in person experience, and I expect we'll do that at fintech south. As well, and that probably is the opportunity yeah. moving forward. It is, and I'll jump yeah. in here because you know the lunch line is serendipity. What we're talking about now is more engineered serendipity, mm-hmm. sure, and being much more intentional about what it is. The challenge that was in front of us, and uh, Manager's done a phenomenal job, is how do you recreate the four major components of a trade show? So, great content and thought leadership, a great marketplace. Think about a trade show floor. Um, the great uh, opportunity to connect and interact, um, and then help me out. Well, branding, right? And people, then the branding people, piece people as want, well. People want to have their stage to make their, yeah. make, make their announcements, yeah. Exactly. So all of those. And so how do we take that challenge, taking it off the, the field of Mercedes-Benz Stadium in this world-class dramatic um, venue and turn it into a virtual event that has that same charisma? And yeah. that's what we've done. And... and um, looking at the best practices from around the world. Brella, you know, not all of the platforms are equal. Some of them are better at something than everywhere else. But bringing together those four components, Brella was the best. We've got a group that's providing the production. The production value is extremely important here. And it's a group out of London that's going to lead the way. Mm -hmm. A group that worked with GSMA and Mobile World Congress that hosts 100,000 people when they do it live. They understand these things, and we're pulling that together. And it's putting Atlanta and Georgia on, in the uh, spotlight where it deserves when it comes to fintech. And we're going to be able to do a couple things that we like to do yeah. to celebrate our ecosystem. We get to celebrate Troy Woods, who's now the chair of uh, Global Payments, mm-hmm. and that board with a lifetime achievement. We just announced the top 10 
um, um, finalists for the Innovation Award. So there will be a company that will be receiving a $25,000 non-dilutive award at FinTech South. That's cash. That's money. That's a game changer for a company. Yeah. So these are phenomenal things that um, put us on the global stage, be able to address and translate this great event. And it's, you know, you know at TAG, it's something that we're very proud about. It's something yeah. that we've been able to yeah. put and put it on that global stage where it needs to be and where uh, Georgia where Georgia leads in a lot of ways. Uh, well, so I, I think that's for, for anyone listening who was maybe hesitant about what um, the future of, well, hopefully the future of events is going to be what the past of events yeah. was with a little bit of digital thrown in there. But, um, you know, Larry, so we, we've obviously talked a lot about FinTech South. Um, uh, Andrew, if you want to. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to jump in because I, I, I want to make sure that we talk about one really unique thing Okay, about this event that, um, it's where you can leverage virtual in a way that in person you can't. So if you think about the dynamic of virtual, no matter where you are in the world, we're all the same distance apart. It's a distant, you know, end of your nose to the, the front of your computer screen, <laughs> right. right? And so we're, we're doing something on day two of FinTech South we're calling World Stage. And so we're, we're talking about hosting the world. That's exactly what we're going to do. So the morning of that day, October the 6th, was focused on Europe, Middle East, and Africa. The afternoon is focused on the Americas, so Latin America, Canada. And the evening, yes, we're going to do content in the evening on Asia Pacific, because guess what? It's the next morning in Singapore and Hong Kong. So by partnering with the consulates and trade groups all over the world to give them a platform, and then to invite the best senior leaders, CEOs, founders, et cetera, from companies all over the world, we'll be able to put, and then also attendees, right, that are sitting somewhere else. And so virtually they will experience Georgia and the event that we've put together and then hopefully be more, more likely to come and see us in person when it's safe to do so. Well, yeah. that, that really, I'm glad you mentioned that. That really is the opportunity of this all to yeah. have such a, yeah. such more of a global presence than you'd be able to with a physical event. Yeah. Um, it's, it, it's friggin' awesome. Yeah. I mean, it really is. And when you really start to see it come together, I invite you to everyone who's listening, just even look at the website, fintechsouth.com, because it really helps bring it to life about what it is. And when we go out, you know, and we go in and we talk to a sponsor and they're sort of like you were saying, Joey, yeah, we've all been in front of the, you know, the Brady Bunch screen with a Zoom call. But then we walk them through it and see the light bulb come on over their head and their eyes get big and say, this is really, really cool. You're doing some things. I've seen some things, but this is big. It's bold. It's exciting. I want to be a part of it. That's exciting. Well, okay, and so, uh, yes, for those interested, fintechsouth.com is the URL, and I imagine that tickets are very much still available. Absolutely. We, we, we don't have limited space at the virtual event. There's plenty of room. That's right. <laughs> so, uh, no, there, there actually is no cap on the number of folks that can attend. And I, I helped with a, a different client to plan an event in where, you know, we opened the registration three days before and had 1,000 people show up, Right. So uh, it's interesting, the dynamic of this. We're hoping that we sort of go viral on a global, yeah. global scale, and we'll see, see what happens. Okay. And so that's FinTech South. And Larry, I know that TAG has you know, transitioned to virtual events as well. I know, sure, many of us listening have all enjoyed going to TAG events, and um, we can do that virtually for the time being. So you know, where can people go who want to go to 
tag events as well to see what's going to be uh, on the docket for the rest of the year. Well, of course, the calendar of events at tagonline.org is very important, and you can get to all of our assets. We've done over 100 events since we um, kind of all went into, you know, working from home mode uh, back in March and April. Uh, so there's recorded content, but there's also the calendar of events of things that are coming up live. And it's um, all of our societies, our 26 societies, whether it be around, um, you know, product development, what's going on in mobile, what's going on in the cloud, what's going on in uh, cybersecurity, fintech, all of these things are on there. A couple notable things, we have a digital health summit coming up. So check that out. We have Converge, and this is very important for us. Um, Converge, we started last year, and it is how inclusion drives innovation. Diversity is an extremely important part of our ecosystem. What It's part of the secret sauce of Georgia, what makes us special, what helps us continue to drive innovation. And so this idea of celebrating and also plotting a course of the future for how, again, how inclusion drives innovation is an important, it's more than a conversation, it's a strategy, and then something that we will continue to implement all year round. So lots of ways to get involved at tagonline.org. That's great. Um, all right. Well, for everyone listening, if you have any interest in technology in Atlanta, in um, the cutting edge of what organizations are doing in the financial technology space, fintechsouth.com. Gentlemen, thank you so much for coming on. This was great. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it.